You are listening to CJSW 90.9 FM, broadcasting out of Calgary, Alberta at the University of Calgary campus radio station located on Treaty 7 land. I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta, which includes the Blackfoot Confederacy comprising of Sitsika, Pekani, and Kana First Nations, the Sutina First Nation, and the Stoney Nakoda, including the Chiniki, Bearspot, and Wesley First Nations. The city of Calgary is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. You are listening to the Keeping Green podcast hosted by me, Cullen, on CJSW 90.9 FM. I hope you guys are having a fantastic Tuesday. I know I am. I've had, it's been a while actually since uh, I've recorded the last podcast, it's been about a month. So it's great to be back in the studio, um, getting used to everything again. The setup feels good, feels like a little bit like home again, which is super nice. I am back in my favorite comfy chair in Production Studio 3, so I am happy to be here. So I've been enjoying my the little bit of the summer, kind of getting out there, taking my advice from the end of the last episode and getting a little bit more into the woods, getting more out to nature. I've been biking around the reservoir almost every day, so that's one of my goals to get outside more, and it is doing good for me. So today I wanted to talk about something that I've been thinking a little bit more about just over the past couple weeks and honestly has kind of been at the forefront of my mind for a while now. I know I've mentioned it in the first couple, well, I'm going to say the last two episodes that I've done, um, which really just highlights how much sustainability is a insanely just involved in my life as well as how much it all kind of interconnects with everything. So today I'm talking about and tackling the topic of greenwashing, discussing how it affects everyday consumer, kind of what to look for, what it is by defining it. And I want to talk a little bit about it because I find that in this day and age where we're coming into a more like quote unquote green future and we're looking more into sustainability and how people are focusing on themselves into becoming more environmentally friendly and kind of what that means to people. So Breaking it down, I love to start most of my topics or episodes of the podcast with different definitions to try to give you kind of like a framework on the subject of what we're talking about. Nothing too crazy, nothing too insane, but I like to lay out the groundwork with these definitions. Actually, my mom, whenever I ask her for help, if I'm writing an essay or something, she always makes me Google the words um, that are in the question or the thesis to make sure I have a strong kind of grasp on what I'm talking about. So going in with that methodology, show it to my mom, I love you. Uh, we're going to get into greenwashing. So Business News Daily defines it as when an organization spends more time and money on marketing itself as environmentally friendly than on actually minimizing environmental impact. The Oxford Dictionary defines it as disinformation disseminated by an organization so as to present an environmentally responsible public image. So taking those and kind of clashing them together, you can start to see it's all about misleading the consumer and pushing a narrative that they're trying and taking steps to become more environmentally conscious and taking into consideration their environmental impact. So when I was doing my research for this episode, I found the term greenwashing was actually coined by a man named Jay Westerveld in uh, 1986. So Jay was an American environmentalist, and he coined it after he found a beach resort in Samoa uh, where they had a practice of washing their towels um, and using them more than once. So I don't know if he was staying there or if he was doing research, but because he's an environmentalist, I imagine he was 
doing something there. I couldn't find it, unfortunately. Um, but he used it as a way to create the term greenwashing, which is literally just green as an environmental term, and then washing the towels that they wash. So it's deviated quite a bit from what it initially was. But I just thought it was kind of interesting how the term came to be. So much like a lot of things in capitalism, it got a hold of it, and it started off with a nice way of just defining what it actually meant, and they got to make it into a way to mislead people into believing they're making better decisions in purchases than they actually are. There are many ways that companies try to trick you into thinking that products and the company itself are greener than they actually are. So examples of this are simply putting color green on the packaging, we're using words like green and natural and sustainable and even ethical sometimes. Um, and they're able to get away with this most of the time because they don't have set in stone definitions for what they actually mean. So words like sustainability or sustainable and and green, how do you kind of define those? I mean, personally for me, I find my definition lies in intergenerational justice and making sure that the people and the generation that come after us are able to have the same resources that we have today, if not better. So that's kind of how I define it. But even with that, that's more of a concept and less of a definitive definition. But working towards that, if you have kind of a base framework of what that is and going to a store and buying products and kind of look for those with that idea in mind, that can kind of help just a little bit. For example, if you go into the store and with that in mind and think about how can I help, what can I do to mitigate the environmental impacts of my purchases just a bit and honestly just make you kind of a better consumer overall. So these companies kind of just straight up misguide you and lie about what they're selling with these buzzwords. So this is bad because, like I mentioned, it's mainly just to, to, to trick consumers. And I know there are companies, obviously, that are doing their part to be environmentally conscious and have environmentally conscious practices. Um, but a lot of time they use these words to trick people into thinking they're doing better than they actually are. And it also allows these companies to have an escape route to get away with doing the bare minimum when it comes to taking accountability for their environmental impacts on the earth. And this also allows the companies to shift blame onto the consumers when it comes to buying products. So kind of pushing this idea of why do we have to feel bad as consumers to take the products that these companies are giving us and almost force feeding us when you don't have a ton of option. Um, Me and my friend were talking earlier a little bit on how just accessibility falls into this as well, where there's some sort of amount of money that people need to have in order to live the sustainable life. And when people don't have this amount of money, how they can live sustainably. So it's, it's weird that these companies are pushing this kind of agenda of, hey, Here's what you can do to do better, but you have to make at least X, Y, Z amount of money, um, which ethically does not feel super good. Um, So there's kind of that aspect of greenwashing. And then also greenwashing, kind of going back and deviating into what we said earlier with the originating of the name. We have seen off branches of the name greenwashing with rainbow washings. And with Pride Month in mind, we do see a lot of companies playing into this, um, what they call rainbow washing. So that's a word that comes from the greenwashing, where we see companies who have no interest uh, at all in kind of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and when it comes to June, everything slapped a, a pride flag on it and kind of looking back on, hey, how does this really help this community rather than, hey, here's us trying to make money off of this community. So most of the time, unfortunately, with companies like this and, and practices with this marketing, it, you do see kind of this this playing with the emotions of the consumer, which 
again, I've said marketing like eight times in the sentence, but that kind of is the bare bones of a lot of marketing campaigns. It's just how can we kind of squeeze this money out of the consumer while playing with their emotions and kind of tied investments, uh, emotional investments into the subject that we are talking about or trying to get at. So I just found that kind of interesting with that coming from greenwashing as well. And that's just kind of a tactic that a lot of marketing companies use in order to kind of get at you where uh, kind of means the most to you and and things of that kind of vein. And another example of this that I think about quite a bit is the like the the paper straw and the plastic straw example, where there was kind of this like overwhelming surge of people asking for for no straws and and kind of pushing for that as an environmental thing to be like save the turtles. Um, it kind of came something on social media that people were pushing for, and eventually different companies switched over to the paper straws. But when you look at it from kind of almost a holistic view, you're being like, okay, well, they're they're replacing these single-use plastic straws, which is awesome, definitely a step in the right direction. Even with like McDonald's, they they give you packs upon packs upon packs of ketchup within your order if you get fries. So even with that small amount of plastic getting taken out of the ocean of recyclable plastic, they are putting in these ketchup packets that can't be recycled because they're simple plastics. Um, so it's kind of like, yes, it's doing good, but and and they're pushing these campaigns of look, we're not using plastic straws anymore. But even with the introduction of the paper straws, you still have the lids. You still have some cups that can't be recycled. You still have um, some like that that plastic wrap that they put around the burger. I think that's more A and W, um, but kind of stuff like that. So there's there's little things that add up. And I know, like I mentioned, the straws are definitely a step in the right direction. But it definitely seems like they're doing stuff because of social pressure on them rather than um, internal change that is being pushed by kind of like the head of the company, um, which I know is asking for a lot because companies are kind of all about maximizing profit. And when you look into taking in your externalities that they would normally take away, like if it was um, pulling a little back from industrialized farming or even like in the clothing aspect, it's like pulling in labor from not outsourcing labor from the global south. So it's they're always kind of like in that tug and pull of of that. But again, companies don't usually want to do that. Because uh, sustainable stuff is more expensive, and even though it looks better to the marketer, a lot of the times it's just not worth that, uh, just monetarily. And a lot of times with that, there is the practice of taking these things that they would have to externalize and internalize them, and then externalize them again onto the consumer. So even like with the plastic bag thing, where a lot of different groceries and even countries as a whole are banning plastic bags, they're still charging for the reusable bags or the paper bags. So that's still a way of saying, okay, cool. So we got rid of these ones, the ones that are not the best for the environment, brought in new ones, but we're still externalizing these costs onto the consumer ourselves or themselves. Uh, third person, first person can speak, very fun. Um, but it's it's just kind of interesting how how we play a part in this consumer producer relationship where we want to do better and they want to make us feel like we're doing better without them putting in the work. Um, so that kind of goes into the next um, idea. So so in this segment of the podcast, I want to talk a little bit more about just basically lies that a lot of companies have said in relation to greenwashing, where they've made a promise or a claim that basically either falls flat or they completely lied about it. There actually have been a lot of examples of companies where they're not really holding their word or taking a very loose sense of what the words mean, or even honestly completely disregarding it altogether and lying. Um, so a classic example of this that I'm sure some of you may have heard of is the Volkswagen greenwashing case. Uh, so basically what happened was Volkswagen put a little device into their cars so it could detect when they were having emissions test done on them. And they had them actually reduce their emissions for the amount of time the test took place. 
Um, and it worked for a little bit, but once they were finally found out, it was released that they were emitting 40 times the amount allowed of nitrogen oxide pollutants uh, that a vehicle was allowed to give off. So they had this car that was absolutely awful for the environment, passing these emission tests with flying colors just because they had a little device or code that made it so they could cheat their way through the testing. And with that, I find it interesting how broad greenwashing is and can be. A lot of the time you think about it in relation to day-to-day products at a grocery store, but it can go as far as cars like Volkswagen or airlines and foods, oil and gas distributors. And like I talked about two episodes back, it can also be with clothing as well. So anytime anything is produced with a consumer in mind, there can be an aspect of greenwashing or pandering towards uh, a green future with greenwashing as a, as a way of doing that. So an example of an airline being caught in greenwashing uh, or in a greenwashing scandal, if you will, uh, is the UK-based airline Ryanair, who in 2020 claimed that they were Europe's lowest emissions airline, which after being looked into a bit was a complete lie, like not even an ounce of truth. Uh, so it was simply just made up by a marketing team and they rolled with it. So they just kind of rolled with the ads, just said, hey, we are green, we are a greener airline, fly with us. And that <laughs> there was no truth to it. They just said what they wanted to say and saw how far they could kind of roll with that. And the third one I found, uh, it was actually on a list of 10 examples of greenwashing by Victoria Pill Yates. Tyler some of the worst greenwashing cases that are relatively new. So this one took place here in Canada and the company behind it was Keurig. So they basically made this claim that you could recycle the pods that are used in their coffee machines. So they instructed you to take off the little bit of tinfoil on the top, rinse it out, throw it into the recycling bin like every other plastic, basically. And unfortunately for Keurig, only Quebec and British Columbia have the infrastructure to deal with these K-cups. So the rest of the provinces and territories who try to recycle them ended up getting the pods and the contaminated recycling thrown into the landfill. So basically, if they find a bag of recycling with more garbage in it than recycling, they just throw the whole bag out because it's not worth the time and effort, which is kind of sad. And a lot of times, municipal recycling isn't the best. Like I know Nova Scotia has a little bit of an issue with that. But looking at the kind of like the rest of this list, and I would recommend giving this list a read, I should be able to throw the link into the show notes. So if you go into CJSW 90.9 FM, uh, click on the podcast, find Keeping Green, and you can click it and it'll be there. It's kind of good to see these large companies being reprimanded for like blatant lies. And with this list of examples being so recent with greenwashing, you can kind of see the trend that these large companies are starting to be kind of forced to take a little bit more responsibility when it comes to greenwashing because they are getting caught, which is it is nice to see. But it's just crazy to see how many claims that are just straight up lies when it comes to how they can just kind of make a green background and add some leaves uh, and make people think they're being a little bit more environmentally friendly than they are. Like the Ryanair ads I was looking at, and it's just the the airliner in the corner, and then a bunch of green saying lowest emission airlines in Europe, which was funny. And even with like the the K pods one, I know I'm trying to not use them. I do have a machine, so I have one of the reusable pods. But those are things that you use every day. And if if you're going in with the mind being like, hey oh, this is like, it's not as bad. I know it's a single-use plastic, but if I can recycle them, that's even better. And I know Nespresso has a recycling program where you send back their things. So there are different options with that, but especially when you're being lied to by a company, just doesn't does not make you feel good. Doesn't make me feel good. I don't know about you guys, but it makes me feel pretty no bueno, I will say. But it's crazy how far a little bit of green packaging will go when it comes into tricking consumers and tricking us 
all. And that actually transitions pretty well into our next segment, which is how to spot greenwashing. So now that I kind of laid that out for you guys and some examples of it, I thought I would throw in some tips on how to spot it. And I know it takes a lot of time to look into every company to see their ethics and how sustainable their products are and what their supply chain is. And that's an opportunity cost that a lot of people don't have. So especially at the grocery store where there's thousands upon thousands of products and brands down each aisle, uh, some things you can look for when it comes for buying and trying to not to be fooled by all the fake green packaging and products. So I'm going to run through a list of certified labels here in Canada that you can look for just to make sure there's some level of truth behind the claims that are being made. So first off, you can look for the eco logo on cleaning products, sanitization products, and electronics. It looks kind of like a like a green maple leaf comprised of three doves. It looks like the three doves' faces are in the middle, and the eco logo is underneath it. So this certification is voluntary, which means that these companies have applied for testing and had it done on the product. And so it goes into the lifespan of the product, um, how it was made, the supply chain for the product, and kind of the death cycle of it as well. So the whole span of the product itself. And then if you're looking into purchasing any major appliances, you can also look for the blue Energy Star logo. And I think a lot of people should have it if you have a newer appliances. It looks like a little little blue square and it says Energy Star and there's a little star on it. And it can be found on things like ovens and water heaters and cooling systems, which I think if you're buying something that big, I know Canada doesn't, I don't believe they offer rebates on energy saving devices like those i believe i read that somewhere so i could be wrong so i'm going to triple check that um but i believe that they don't uh offer any rebates but still anything to help mitigate your energy use is always helpful and then when it comes to paper-based products you can look for the fsc logo which is a logo for forest the forest stewardship council so it's a green check mark that turns into a tree and the fsc makes sure that the products are forested and ethically sourced and stand for the protection of old growth forests and just old forests in general they also focus on 14 of the 17 sustainable development goals uh, which are goals set in 2015 <laughs> sorry by the united nations to work towards a more sustainable future and i've actually talked about sustainable development goals and the protection of old growth in my previous two episodes so so as a shameless self-plug, I'm going to say, if you want to check those out, feel free. It's going to be on cjsw.com. Just look for the podcast tab and find the podcast Keeping Green. Uh, it's going to be a green square with a little recycling symbol and kind of the earth superimposed as a background on it. So keep an eye out for that. And the last one to also keep an eye out when you're looking for logos is the Fair Trade logo. Um, or it's a Fair Trade Canada logo, which is a little green and blue and black, almost like person waving would be the best way to to see it. You can also go, there's a pretty good list of some of these on the Government of Canada's website, and you just look for the environmental labels and claims. So check that one out if you need a better visual. It also supplies like links and all the processes and texts and stuff that companies need to go through to achieve these certifications and I'm <laughs> doing my dandies to try to describe these logos but I think it's easier to see them yourself. So the Fair Trade Canada logo also ensures that the product manufacturers work in conjunction with farmers in the global south to ensure that there's uh, livable wages and treated ethically and all um, of that good stuff. So just kind of sustainability in general when, when it covers 
the environmental sector and the economical economic sector and also the social sector, which is awesome. So keep these in mind, maybe in the back of the brain next time you're shopping and you have another line of defense from these marketing tactics that are meant to misguide your purchases. And honestly, I find it kind of messed up to go into stores. You like We need to go into stores with this background information, which is a concept in and of itself, which is kind of crazy and sucks that we're kind of constantly being lied to by larger companies into thinking that we are mitigating our impact when we are not. And I think that kind of goes to show Okay, sorry, this may be tangential, but so I apologize. Um, but hang with me, please. Kind of goes to show that how companies and corporations are not only giving us their slack, trying to make up for it and externalize their environmental impact through their consumers, but it also is a way for these companies to make people feel bad about what they're doing when it comes to consumption of the products that these companies are creating themselves and shifting the blame onto the consumers, which I think is not the best when it comes to ethics and morals, not really morally correct. Uh, I don't think a lot of people (laughs) would think that's morally correct. Um, This is why I kind of believe that there needs to be, with environmental claims and labels, there should be different words and terms that need to be defined in order to make these larger companies claim that they're being ethical, green, and sustainable to show that they've done the work and kind of put in the work to make sure that their supply chain and their products are more environmentally friendly rather than simply sticking it to their marketing team and kind of saying, hey, slap some green on this, throw some foliage on it, and call it a freaking day. God, makes me mad. (laughs) I'm laughing through the pain because it's the responsibility. Yes, it is the responsibility of the individual to make sure that they're being more conscious of what they're buying and how much they're buying. But when it kind of boils down to it, one person can't mitigate the environmental degradation that these huge companies are causing every day. So I think it's kind of time to push back a bit. Like I mentioned the lists earlier, there are companies that are getting caught and reprimanded for their corrupt practices, which is good because it's not the fault of the consumers all the time. And after being fed things like the idea of individual carbon footprints and things of the like that are being created by these giants as a way to sell more expensive products and make us feel better about our impacts when these larger companies were the ones that pushed the heaps of garbage and waste that the original products had in the first place. So I think it it's just not <laughs> not good that we're we're kind of stuck in the cycle of these large companies being like, "Hey, here is a product that we push on you for this many years, but now it's bad, so we are going to pretend like we're doing better and make you feel bad about the choices that previously made that we spent millions of dollars on marketing uh, so you guys would buy, and now that is not our fault. So here are some greener projects products that are not actually greener, and thank you so much for paying an upcharge on these these green logos. When you're looking at like global supply chains and as a whole, it does kind of lead to these practices of unsustainability um, because how can you kind of fly things across the world and put things on barges and sell them as environmentally conscious when the amount of oil or gas consumption they have is is insane when it comes to creating them. So I guess like the biggest thing as well with these logos is you can also look into just making sure things are made local, grown locally. I am currently working on a little bit of a garden right now, so I would recommend it. The amount of serotonin I get from looking at my little radishes is insane. So I would recommend on doing that as well. Anyway, sorry, got off topic. Even with a bunch of bullet notes on what we're going to talk about, I always somehow managed to go off onto one tangent. So we will bring it back to greenwashing. And now we are entering the final segment of today's podcast. Uh, And I'll start this segment off with a question of how do we stop greenwashing? So now that we know what it is, we've seen numerous examples of it and some 
certifications that companies can get in Canada and kind of what to look for when you're at the store or buying anything. How do we stop it at the source? So like mentioned earlier, because these words like sustainability are hard to define, and even with the current definition of sustainability, which is the avoidance of the depletion of the natural resources in order to maintain an ecological balance, how do we enforce that? Like such a broad definition. In other words, like green and ethical and natural are equally hard to come up with a concrete definition and a solid and arguable parameters around that. So I believe that even some level of more in-depth definitions uh, were made in relation to marketing so that companies could have a more solid guidelines to follow, um, that there would be more incentive to follow them. And it also allows for them not to get away with using these words without having like solid evidence to back them up. So rather than throwing these words around in colors and having these buzzwords without actually having the certifications for them um, to use, I think that there's definitely an answer there. Maybe not the best, but it's definitely something to work towards. A good first step uh, in stopping greenwashing as a whole from getting worse than it already is. With that, I think it would also help if we start to foster transparency within the company itself to show the company's supply chain and how they're being more sustainable uh, as a whole allows for the individual person to fact check and not only just these big organizations having seals of approval, but also people knowing how the product is made and where it's sourced. And with smaller certifications in those places allows you to use these words exactly how it relates to the standards of these companies. So just making sure that these companies, if they're using these words, aren't just using them and have valid things behind them and certifications to prove that these words are being said with some sort of foundation, I guess, is the word. Um, there's definitely a better word for that, but I cannot think of it at the moment. But definitely a good start. And also looking into the branding practices and keeping accountability of these companies and looking back at the examples we saw earlier and looking into greenwashing cases where the companies are just straight up lying it would be nice to know with the new implementation of more certifications, uh, companies can be clear with their practices. And thirdly, I believe that there should be more extreme consequences for companies when they do lie about being green and sustainable. Uh, like even thinking about the Keurig claim, uh, they only had to pay $13 million in fees, 13, sorry, $3 million in fees, which is, again, it's a large amount, but it's not much more than a slap on the wrist for these large corporations, especially airliners and stuff. So if there was a way of punishing them, yes, with a fee, but also by maybe like mandating them so they have to hold up the promise that and they can't continue their product until they find a way to actually uphold their original promise that they uh, claimed at the beginning. I think that would definitely be a way for not only to incentivize companies to do it, but actually see some sort of reclamation after they have pushed these boundaries or lied as a company as a whole. Finally, I think we don't necessarily need to wait for perfection. Not every company needs 100% perfect through the lens of sustainability at this exact moment because that's not really how progress works. I think making large strides in ways of having transparency in these companies and focusing more on sustainable practices and they're making these claims on their labels and marketing campaigns are definitely a good first start. But I don't think we have to wait for them to be perfect. Now, I know I am hypercritical of this even when I was looking at the clothing companies and their practices two episodes back. I was like, well, they're not perfect. They're missing X and Y and they're doing Z wrong. and blah, 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 blah. So I don't think it's reasonable um, as much as I wish it was to expect these companies to be a thousand percent sustainable as long as they're working towards a goal and having reasonable steps and a plan of action. But even if we could make sure that these companies are all doing what they say they're doing, that would be a fantastic start. Like in the last episode, which I clearly didn't get all my thoughts out during, <laughs> but I 
was thinking that even though they're ethically sourcing their products and, and claim to be 100% sustainable, they are shipping their wool from New Zealand and having air travel that has emissions. So kind of just to reiterate, not aiming for perfection, but making sure these companies are doing what they're saying to do. So like just holding the backs of their claims. Anyway, I believe that is all I have to say in relation to greenwashing today. Thank you so much for sitting through this episode. Listen to me ramble about everything. <laughs> Hopefully uh, in the next few months, I'm looking at having some pretty cool guests on. So look forward to that. Make sure if you want to catch other episodes, you can go on to CJSW 90.9 FM or CJSW 90.9 cjsw.com is the word I was looking for. Go to podcasts, scroll down, find Keeping Green, and you can listen to past episodes, the past three, which are hosted by me, and then the last year and a bit of episodes hosted by uh, um, Ian and Emily and a bunch of awesome people. So please make sure if you have time, if you're enjoying this episode, if you want to learn more about environmentalism, sustainability, cool practices like horticulture, and I believe we have an episode on dendrology and stuff like that, please check that out there. Anyway, before I end this podcast off, I will urge you guys to next time you're in a grocery store or buying something just to look at the label and look into it a little bit deeper than you normally would, kind of taking this knowledge and applying that to the real world and just seeing what you can find because it's it's interesting to see how much and how broad it is and, and which ones are telling the truth and which ones are maybe persuading you to purchase an item that might not be as good as it is. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Keeping Green on CGSW 90.9 FM. I greatly appreciate it that you're taking the time out of your days to listen to me speak about stuff that I like to talk about. And you will be able to hear me next month, which just seems so far away, but it always comes so quickly uh, on the third Tuesday of every month. So I will talk to you guys then. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Uh-huh.